Good morning, Memphis. It is so glad. It is so good. Excuse me to be back on this Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, right? February the 20th. Big shout out to my guy Fred Tappen for filling in for me yesterday. Now, I will let you in on a little secret. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but I'm feeling slightly under the weather. Not terrible, but if you hear it in my voice, well, you know why. That is why Todd Starnes is going to help me out a little bit. That's the great thing about having a station owner that is not only a broadcasting um, expert, he's the best at what he does, but he's also my friend and in time of need when, I don't know, we could maybe get through the two-hour show, but it would be better if I had just a little bit of help. So what I've done is Todd Starnes is going to join me for like the last hour and a half of the show. So very excited about that. I know the guys are all headed over to Nashville. They have a big conference that they'll be at, I think, starting today. Well, I've thought about that for the rest of the week. So he has his national show off today, kind of his day off and for the next couple of days. So appreciate him dropping by. Also, um, coming up at 8 o'clock this morning, Representative Ron Gant. That is the Tennessee lawmaker, the Republican who is proposing some legislation that would try to crack down on drinking and driving, which is a really noble, noble idea. The question I will have for him is, can you legislate bad behavior and irresponsible behavior? So we'll ask him about that, where it goes. I suspect that this legislation is going to get a lot of pushback, not just by Democrats, but also Republicans. Also, Mary Walter, radio goddess. She's incredible. She's going to be hanging out at 735. We'll be talking a couple of big stories, not including the border. The border is unbelievable right now. Um, there was a report, and we, we have it pulled. We'll play it for you in a minute. But... Bill Malusian, he's the Fox News reporter that's on the border beat. And he said, listen, I speak Spanish, but it's not doing me good right now because the illegals that are coming through our wide open southern border are not Mexican. They're not Costa Rican. They are from China. So that all that ought to make us all feel very good. Right. Um, Because this is being tolerant. This is being a country that accepts the needy. And those seeking shelter. It's just those people. Don't look at the young military age men coming from the Middle East right through our southern border. Don't look at them. And also don't look at the fentanyl crisis that is killing like a ton of people every single day. All right, let's jump into some local headlines. So yesterday I was, I had the day off and I got an update on my phone that defecate Memphis. I mean, excuse me. Decarcerate Memphis. Man, tongue slip. So we call them decarcerate or defecate Memphis for a reason because they are nothing more than just terrible, terrible people that want to really destroy, abolish our Memphis Police Department in the name of racial equity, right? There is a disparate impact in all of our systems and industries, and therefore we alone as a group of white people, they're all white, by the way, um, these decarcerate Memphis activists, we have the solutions to right the wrong of slavery. And it's going to start with traffic citations. Because in the city of Memphis, a black driver is 2.5 times more likely to receive a traffic tific, tif, ticket <laughs> than a white driver. Okay. Okay. So I, we can take this a couple different ways. Not only did they release this BIPOC report, which, Dylan, can we look that up 
what BIPOC even means. If you look at the live camera this morning, I pulled their full annual report. It's called the People's Report 2024, driving while BIPOC. I, I'm assuming that refers to being a person of color. Is it? Okay, cool. So anyways, they go on in this long report. This is all after what happened with Tyree Nichols. And what they found is that more black people in the city of Memphis are pulled over than white people, than white drivers. And that is suggesting and points to systemic racism in the Memphis Police Department, which is also a majority minority demographic filling the ranks of our MPD. More black officers than white officers. Same with the rank and file. More black lieutenants than white lieutenants. To these idiots, defecate Memphis, do they not understand? One would just have to pull the demographics of our city that we live in to know that you did not need to spend the last year and a half, I could have done it for you, to find out that black people are being pulled over more than white people. Because that's what happens when you have a minor or majority minority city. If you look at the demographics, black or African-American Memphians, 64.36%. Now, white Memphians coming in at 26%. I mean, it's not even close. Other races, 3.88%. Two or more races, 3.3%. Okay, so that's kind of what you need to know. That is the context that you need to understand when you see these dishonest headlines by Channel 5, for example. And they got a lot of blowback for this. And I was really glad to see so many of their social media followers not take the bait when they run headlines like report black drivers in Memphis 2.5 more li- uh, times more likely to receive traffic tickets than white drivers. And all of their listeners and viewers said, stop it. This is not journalism. We know that will be the case because, like I just said, the demographics. So they hold a big press conference in front of City Hall yesterday. And they said this report details six years of local court records, crash data, and traffic tickets. And what they wanted you to know is that these traffic tickets that are being handed out by many black Memphis police officers are resulting in the death of black drivers. It's not only that they are 2.5 times more likely black drivers over whites to receive a traffic ticket. It is that these traffic tickets are leading to Extreme death in the city. Mm-hmm. So here is Decarcerate Memphis at that presser yesterday. Cut it. Is it really worth killing people in a traffic stop over a brake light? Not only this, but as we've indicated in the BIPOC report, traffic stops are ineffective at reducing or preventing crime. If we're not allowed to limit police practices that are ineffective, does this, mo- does this mean that police should employ extreme tactics for every minor offense? White people are about half as likely as people of color to be cited for a non-moving violation and make up less than 9% of defendants in criminal court cases stemming from pretextual traffic stops. Okay, so can I state the audi- uh, the obvious for a moment? All of those people you just heard were white people. Um, they're activists. They show up at every social issue 
facing the city of Memphis, not just here in Memphis, but also the county commission and those over in Nashville. They will jump on a bus in two minutes and they will be there because they are they they literally have nothing else to do um, but to advocate for black and, and civil rights. And I just wonder where are all of the black people in this city that are affected by these quote unquote racist traffic stops? Why weren't they down at your presser yesterday in front of City Hall? There were none. Of, it was five white people. <laughs> like, shut up and sit down. So anyways, they go on to talk about how if we want to right the wrong of these traffic stops, we've got to quit pulling people over altogether. Now, let me take you downtown for one second. I, about two weeks ago, went to 201 Poplar and I went to all of the criminal courts because I thought it was important to not only just talk about an issue that I am learning, but immerse myself in it. So I went down and I spent about three hours there. And my first observation was that all of the, and I would say probably 99%, of defendants in one of those 10 criminal courts were black defendants. I hate to say that. Maybe facts make you uncomfortable, but that was the reality. I was kind of shocked, to be honest. Now, the flip side of that, when there is a perpetrator of crime, there is always a victim of crime. And the victims of crime and their families that were also at 201 Poplar demanding justice We're also black, so save the whole you're a racist, Ben, because I'm not going to hear it. So upon that observation, I realized we are up a crick without a paddle with people like decarcerate Memphis in the ear of our district attorney, radical groups like Just City, because if it is true that to truly achieve racial quality in the, the 901 that there must be an equal amount of black defendants as there are white defendants. It is over for all of us. That will never happen unless their goal is to decarcerate Memphis and release them all out onto the streets. Hence their name. Not incarcerate people any longer. Which only means more black lives will die at the hands of of these monsters that we share our streets with. All right, more on the other side, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. Brent Taylor was asked about this by WREG. He responded to the allegation that because he's going to Nashville to present legislation that would say the city council cannot ban these pretext or traffic stops, that he is somewhat racist. He responds in such a great way. We'll have that on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to the morning show. Glad to have you guys back. It is great to be back in the chair and appreciate Fred filling in for me yesterday. On deck, we have Mary Walter joining the program in a couple of minutes. Very excited about that. Also, my good friend Todd Starnes will be dropping by, hanging out on the morning show. And then also at 8.05 this morning, Representative Ron Gant, one of the two lawmakers that proposed this legislation that would ban cold beer from refrigerators across the state of Tennessee is going to join the program and discuss the why behind the legislation. But I did want to return to 
uh, a quick topic we were discussing before we went to break. Brent Taylor has responded to the accusation that he is a racist because he does not believe that the Memphis Police Department is racist. Um, it's that logical, people. Um, these these activists. And I, I debated even starting with this because people like decarcerate Memphis. They are just in it for themselves. They don't do they really care about black drivers, black drag, black Memphians across the city? Absolutely not. If they did, they might actually have a black friend or two. They don't. It's literally a group of white activists that hang out in Cooper Young. That's the reality. And I've been approached by them, believe me. I was at Cooper Young eating a hamburger when one of the Antifa men, Hunter, I think is his name. Um, approached me and like lost it, calling me a racist while I'm trying to eat a burger and drink a beer. So they just want attention. So when you are confronted with people like that, that just want all the oxygen in the room, you don't give it to them. Now, why I am giving it to them and their cause this morning is because we have a city council that actually listened and bowed down to these, these psychopaths. And that's a problem. Fortunately, we have guys like Brent Taylor in the state legislature. Super majority of Republicans. Thank God. Hallelujah, anyone. So anyways, Brent responds to the accusation that his legislation, which would take the local power away from the city council, that if they were to follow these ordinances would ban pretextual traffic stops. Because, right, we've got to remember those are racist and they are discriminating against black drivers. Brent Taylor disagrees. And here is what he told WREG. Cut nine. We need to take the handcuffs off of our police so they can put the handcuffs on the criminals where they should be. We need to get back to some sanity and all the virtue signaling going on surrounding this ordinance and trying to say, well, it's going to uh, it's going to hurt people of color. It's going to hurt poor people. Uh, the, the community at large is being hurt because we have a crime crisis. The most important thing here is that it is a tool for law enforcement to be able to use to capture people who need to be apprehended. Couldn't agree with this state senator more. Can I also ask, are people even being pulled over? I mean, this is Memphis, Tennessee, for goodness sakes. You don't get pulled over in the city of Memphis. Now, I know what they would say. Oh, it's because you're white. No, that's not the case. It's just the wild, wild west in the the city of Memphis, Memphis proper. I mean, you go one second into Germantown, what do you do? You slam on the brakes. I have whiplash every time I'm going into Germantown because I go from a whopping 70 down Poplar to 20 miles an hour because they laid down the law. Now, I will say, if you were to go into the city of Germantown and you were to do a long people's report of driving while being a white person of whiteness. I don't know. What? Caucasians. And they were to run the same numbers in Germantown. Guess what, Sherlock? The majority of those ticketed would be white people. Because that is what happens with demographics. It's not that difficult. But anyways, all of this to say, um, we are run by activists. And unfortunately, the activists are listening to the activists. And I'm referring to the city council because we've got a slew of them that are not public officials. They are activists. And that is why I spent some time on this. Now, to get to some of your comments, let me read down through them real quick. Charles writing this, probably because 65% of the city is African-American, 
while only 26% is Caucasian. So I'm not a math guy, but I think that that might have to do with it a little bit, but I could be wrong. You are not wrong, Charles, and though you may not be a mathematician, it doesn't take one to view this report and null it because it's stupid. Johnny writes this, quote, because of articles like this, people don't believe in journalism. Very divisive and senseless nowadays. Again, referring to this report, Michael writes this, when you see the demographics for carjackings, car thefts, road rage shootings, driving and racing on I-240, shutting down roads to do donuts, among other things, driving on suspended licenses and no insurance, yeah, I'd say that's right, and they deserve to be pulled over. You can't say that, Michael, because that is what they would, would accuse you of being racist. Um, Speaking of the drag racing, what on earth was happening this weekend while I was out? This was crazy. So we started getting videos of these block parties where all of these youngsters and they're thugs, right? When you are shutting down interstates like we saw over near the airport on Saturday night, you are a criminal, especially when you're hanging out of the vehicle with guns. They are the donut mafia, but they are the armed donut mafia. So Fox 13 caught up to a couple of the Memphians in that area. For example, it all went down beside a plaza. And you'll hear two different business owners that said not only is it putting their lives in safety, but their customers that were coming, one, to a gas station, are unable to do this when we have all of these young people now get this, these young people, we are told, are terrified of law enforcement, right? Because law enforcement targets these young people like we saw on Saturday. And when they pull them over, they are then killed because what happened to Tyree Nichols was the role, not the exception. Now, I want you to take a listen some of the audio we have and ask yourself this are all of these thugs thuglings and thuglets scared of law enforcement no they're not because i can tell you right now i actually am therefore i will not shut down the interstate and throw a donut mafia party (laughs) first of all my parents would kill me take a listen to some memphians outraged that the city isn't doing more about what they called the wild wild west cut 12 what we need to do is start doing like legal pits. It's other states do legal pits where it's blocked off to where no other cars coming in there. Like it's, it'll be like at a uh, warehouse parking lot or um, certain certain cities they do it where they block off the streets strictly for that. But it'd be police around. If we do it to where it's safer. It'd be better for everybody. Do you think that last night was safe over by the tunnel? Probably not. By the airport? Probably not. Not at all. So when you know it's not safe, what makes you want to partake in it anyway? I ain't gonna lie, I love cars. All right, that was a different soundbite, but still really fascinating to listen to. So, still Fox 13, they're asking not a person in the area. They actually caught up with one of the people that were drag racing. And you heard that person that was unidentified say, listen, it probably wasn't safe. What we could do is maybe have a drag racing pit like we've seen in Millington, for example. That was a thing. Um, And then the reporter said, so why are you out here doing it? And 
that drag racer said because I like cars. Well, okay, you like cars. You cannot do it, though, and shut down traffic and terrorize the city of Memphis. You can't do that at all. So, guys, give me a thumbs up if the other soundbite cut 12 might be different or if 11 and 12 are just the same. Uh, take a listen. What we need to do is start doing, like, legal pits. It's, other states do legal pits where it's blocked off. All right, so on the other side, we'll talk about this a little bit more as we go throughout the morning show. Speaking of juvenile crime, though, Memphis leaders are set to address juvenile crime in a city council meeting coming up this morning. Also, ahead of the city council, this is going to be huge. The final vote of whether we as taxpayers in the city of Memphis are going to fork over our hard-earned tax dollars to pay for lifetime health insurance for city council members past present and future a lot of people aren't too happy about it i'm not either i i have a feeling and i could be wrong that this fails you've got jerry green she is a progressive city council member she's one of the new ones said she's not doing it um ford canale also a no on giving themselves lifetime health insurance philip spinoza a no and then also chase carlisle will be a no as well. This was all brought forward by Martavius Jones, who wanted to be on the city council just a little bit longer so he could get wealthier, but he had to go because he term limited out. And just out of nowhere, he decided to present this legislation to the city council right before he scooted out the door. These people are crooked. Not all of them, but some of them are. Um, and I'll throw it out to you. Do we pay for their lifetime health insurance while I struggle to pay mine? Do you want to pay mine? That would be cool. Yes or no? 901 260 We'll be right back. And welcome back to the morning show. Very excited to have a couple friends join me in this segment None other than my boss, Todd Starnes. Todd, welcome in, my friend. Is it is it Friday with friends already? It is. I mean, listen, here's the deal. I told the listeners, and I'm okay doing this, I feel a little bit under the weather. Not terrible. I mean, you can hear it maybe in my voice ever so slightly. And I said at the top of the show, the great thing about having a boss who is not only the station owner, but is also your friend, you can text him and say, help, Todd. And you did. First of all, thank you for bringing a pharmacy in the studio. I have drugs. He has lots of drugs. So I am taking care of the DayQuil that is fueling this morning show. Then we're going to go over and talk to our other friend, Mary Walter, with Mary Walter Radio, the great podcast and goddess of radio. Mary, welcome to the morning show. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, Lord. Mary's here? Mary's here. <laughs> Listen, the guy's wow. sick. He's scraping the bottom of the barrel, Todd. It's any port in a storm at this point, okay? <laughs> Look, I, that's, that's what I thought when I got the call last night. <laughs> By the way, I thought I knew Todd until I listened to Mary interview Todd on your YouTube show. And Mary, I learned, I learned more about Todd and his dating and love life than I ever knew was possible. How did you get this out of this guy, first of all? And people need to go watch the episode. And his decorating choices. <laughs> oh, Lord. That the was rug. A... The rug. Oh, my Muslim prayer rug. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I bought it. I actually bought that in, in Memphis, and I didn't realize why it was on like a steep discount. It was like 90% off at Macy's. And uh, I get it home, and uh, we had some folks over from Bellevue, and uh, they said, uh, why do you have a Muslim prayer rug in your den? <laughs> I just thought it was like... Just a beautiful, the nice rug. I thought it was cursive, and I can't read cursive anymore. I didn't realize it was Islamic, so... <laughs> oh, wow. All right, so let's rip through a couple headlines. I'll let you guys react to some of them. Um, so over the weekend, the word came down, the verdict in the Trump civil case with Letitia James, the AG in New York, finding that Trump and his business unethical and how he did it and he has to basically pay like 400 million dollars it's unbelievable so there is now an effort by a lot of MAGA folks and not just MAGA but truck drivers that stand with President Trump to boycott this rolling I want you to take a listen here is one female trucker joining this New York City trucking boycott cut number three it could shut New York City down. Um, and, you know, I don't want to hurt the people of New York. That's not what I'm trying to do. But my part in it, if, if New York just loses 10%, just 10% of the trucks that go in there, their prices are going to skyrocket on everything from milk to eggs to any type of goods that the consumer needs. And when that happens, it's going to cost everybody more money. Yeah, but not every truck driver is getting behind Chicago Ray's efforts. Many uh, drivers responded saying that they would not support the former president uh, because he was accused and now he's been found liable for causing fraud. Uh, they say also the New York City market is just too big to ignore. So I'll let you take a stab at that, Mary. Um, do you think it could be effective? I think when people saw that, um, the, just the rules for the the two tiers of justice in our country has a lot of people upset. Well, yeah, it has a lot of people upset. Here's what, here's my problem with this. Like, I really hope it works. I really, really do. And yeah, she doesn't want to hurt the people in New York. But you know what? You voted for this government. So eh, what did Obama tell us? Election have consequences. So there you go. So maybe they have to learn the hard way. And maybe they'll learn finally that, that you know, vegetables don't just come from a store. They come from farms and they need to be trucked into your city. Uh, but here's the thing. I fear that it's just going to be like a like a very sad boycott. And it's not going to get the traction that you want it to get. So I'm, I'm worried about that because I'd rather have no boycott than just have it be sad because the left is going to say, oh, that just goes to show you that the truckers don't support Trump. His support's waning and, and on and on. So, so that's the problem. But on the other hand... First of all, to get into New York City in a, in a tractor trailer, it costs, depending on the bridge that you take or the tunnel, it, well, they can't go through the tunnel, but the bridge that you take, it could cost like 40, let's say $40 in, in toll, right? That's the toll mm -hmm. for the bridge. Then there's congestion pricing, which can, which again, a, tra a big, big truck can get you another about 37 to $40, depending on, you know, the congestion pricing at the time. So you're talking $80 in tolls to do this. And on top of that, the fact that, that we need truckers. There, there, is, there are a lot of open jobs for truckers. So there's not a lot of them. They can afford to be picky. It's not like they're going to lose their jobs. They can afford to be picky and say, I really don't want to go into Manhattan. There's a lot of them who don't want to go into New York because 
I would never drive in New York. I grew up in that area, and I grew up in the New York metropolitan area. I have never, ever, ever driven into Manhattan in my entire life because I don't want to die because they're insane. It's crazy. You need to be a certain type of person to do it. I can't do it. I can't imagine doing it in a tractor trailer. So I don't know where this goes, but I, I just hope that if they decide to do this, that it's big and makes an impact because if they don't, yeah. it's going to be used as propaganda by the left. So look, here's the deal. I, I really hope this happens. I'm with Mary, probably not. You know, I, I think the original organizer sort of backed away from it and said, oh, I'm not, I'm not the leader of a cause. Um, but I still hope it happens. And again, uh, to illustrate, here in Memphis, if we go without, say, I don't know, a Topps barbecue sandwich with coleslaw, <laughs> if we go without one of those for a week, you know, the city gets a little, I don't know, Nut it up. Yes. But, so let me say this. I would love to see New Yorkers uh, without their bagel and schmear because it wasn't delivered. And if we do, I think there's going to be mass chaos. <laughs> it's going to be like an apocalyptic moment. Yeah. Look at Todd being all New York about it. Hey, now, a I bagel got, schmear. I got Ooh, your bagel look at you, schmear. New York. <laughs> <laughs> Are they really that good, Todd? Eh, you know. Okay. Okay. You like the bit? Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Are you kidding? First of all, you should ne- your bagel should never arrive to your home frozen, okay? I will say this. We don't schmear other people's bagels here in Memphis. So that's just inappropriate. No. no. Which is very sad. No. <laughs> all right. So, by oh, I, I want to get your guys' prediction. So today, um at Clemson University, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley will be addressing the state of her race. Right. And some people are speculating she throws in the towel. Um, she made headlines just a couple a couple days ago, speaking of President Trump and the ruling from Judge Aragon or whatever his name is. Here was Nikki Haley on whether she would pardon the former president. Cut to. Thank you very much. Hi, John. Governor Haley, if you were elected president, would you pardon Donald Trump if he was convicted of a crime in federal court? Well, thank you for that question. You know, if you're talking about pardoning Trump, it's not a matter of innocence or guilt at that point, because that means he would have already been found guilty. I believe in the best interest of bringing the country together, I would pardon Donald Trump, because I think it's important for the country to move on. We've got to leave the negativity and the baggage behind. I don't want this country divided any further. I don't think it's in the best interest for America to have an 80-year-old president sitting in jail and having everybody upset about it. I think this would be the time that we would need to move forward and get this out of the way. All right, so I'll let you guys take a stab at it. How long does she stay in this race? Go ahead, Todd. I went first last time. I will cede the floor to you. Well, thank you. And then I have a question about, because uh, you know about womanly things, and I have a question for you about <laughs> oh, this. Um, so, look. Well, thank you. I think, no, I think the state of the campaign is in complete disarray. I, I, I'm not sure why she needs to give a speech to figure that out. But here's, so I, I'm not sure if she's done. It's just a weird thing, right? I mean, uh, there was some polling that came out suggesting she would lose her home county in South Carolina, but I can't imagine. Imagine that would be enough for her to pull the plug now, especially after how you know vitriolic the campaign has gotten. But the, here's the womanly question, Mary: Has she had some work done lately? Because her face looks different. I mm. really haven't noticed that. She's beautiful. She really is beautiful. In my I, opinion, she, she, well, I'm I not saying she's, she's ugly. I'm just saying beautiful. she looks different. I mean, she, you she, makeup or something? I don't know. Whatever you ladies do out there. 
with the, the garden hose, you know, you spray the uh, the makeup on. What do they call airbrushing? No. And thus giving us further insight into Todd's dating life. This, could, yes. this explains yes. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, honey, did you, did you use the garden hose to put that makeup on? And then he wonders why she goes to the bathroom and doesn't come back. Um, <laughs> Mary, did you see over the weekend where Nikki it. Haley had tweeted out like 40 different times? Did you see that at all? No. Like February no. 8th? I was on vacation. Okay. No. She tweets out probably over 30 times um, in like under an hour in the time. So, okay. so what happened? You know, this is a crazy thing. So, you know, nobody, they, they don't actually do their own tweets except for Trump. And so her little staffer was putting together all of the tweets for the entire week. Oh, no. And dropped them? And at, was putting it together in tweet deck and accidentally published all of them. It was just like, you know, 30 <laughs> tweets for the entire week. That's Bad. hilarious. Including one that read, 12 fellas down, one to go. All right, so. Whoa, hello. <laughs> I know. Um, so <laughs> Not Mary, sure I'd be. <laughs> she uh, just got put on a lot of prayer list across South Carolina. Yes. Mary, I'll saying. give you the last word, then we'll wrap. Okay. Where does this so, go? So just, just quickly. So uh, d- uh, the reason she's doing this, the reason she's still, she is still in is she's no dummy. If she can get a couple of delegates, if she gets delegates, she will be the only other candidate besides Trump who's, re- who's gotten delegates. So if if Trump, for whatever reason, is not, you know, has to drop out of the race because he's in jail for whatever reason, she's got the delegates. So she's no dummy. Nobody else does. Mm-hmm. So it gives her a little bit more cachet. So so she's smart in that respect. Listen, I'm not a huge Nikki Haley fan. However, I heard on good authority uh, <laughs> over the weekend okay. from someone who is in contact with the Trump campaign mm-hmm. uh, on a, several times a week. He was a member of the former um, you know, administration that um, Nikki Haley's on deck for VP. Oh. Now, that being said, Trump can change his mind 14 ways from Sunday between now and when he has to announce. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I agree with you. Someone asked me about this the other day because they've obviously been fighting and the, the knives have come out a little bit. And I just always point people back to 2015 and what that primary looked like. It's making this one look like a Sunday school picnic. Like This is nothing compared to the matchup between Trump v. Cruz um, Rubio, it was nasty, and look at how it all ended. They're all best friends now, so it, it's be part it. of the process. You know, look at Kamala Harris taught me why Joe Biden's a racist, right? That's During right. one of the debates, so so she called him a racist. She painted him as a racist. She was very successful at it. He's a VP, so it's part of the game. It's part of the campaigning, and if you can't handle it, you don't campaign. You you don't you don't go for president, but. It's a, in a way I don't like her. I'm not like I'm not thrilled. At her. I would prefer to see Trump take someone who knows the ins and outs of the swamp to protect him, mm-hmm. which I don't think she does. But she brings in the never Trump vote and the Democrats who don't like Joe Biden but can live with Nikki Haley. Hey Mary, did you did you see the Trump uh, shoes? The oh, gold tennis wow. shoes. Yes, hideous, right? <laughs> Those are awesome. May Those I just are... say, may I just say this? Okay. Um, you may, you guys may not have seen the photos, but President Trump, out of the goodness of, of his heart, uh, sent Ron DeSantis a pair. And there's no, a, he didn't. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's a photograph <laughs> circulating on social media, and it's that shoe, but it's got like those big, like block lifts, like heels. <laughs> a wedge. No, a wedge. no, oh, no. Yeah. Seriously? Mm-hmm. You, well, I, 
I, Hold I'm on. not too sure, but I you gotta... hate I hate Twitter, and I believe that's probably artificial intelligence. <laughs> I don't believe it. it. I don't believe it. It's real. <laughs> Trump's a good, decent man. That's hilarious, <laughs> Mary. I real quick that. before we go, Hashtag do you have this little sh- people? Yeah. Do you have the show tonight? Tuesdays typically at seven fifteen. Yes. Okay. Tonight, 7.15, my guest is Christine Flowers. She'll be co-hosting the show with me. And if you want to see Todd's show, where he, where we find out, oh, I'm not going to give it away, but the time that, well, one of his dates, and then he never heard from her again, um, <laughs> just go just go to wow. YouTube, search Ouch. for, you told that story, Todd. Um, look for Mary Walter Radio and just click on the live tab, and Todd's podcast is right there along with all of the previous podcasts. All right. Good stuff. And you can also get the audio on Apple Podcasts. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. All right, guys, go check it out. Mary, Uh, thank you for dropping by. Have a great rest of your day and week, all right? uh, Thanks, guys. You too. Thanks for having me on. Bye. See you, Mary. Mary Walter Radio. You can find her on socials there. Wow, a lot of fun. Mary's great. How long have you guys known each other? Oh, my gosh, for years. Going back to the Fox days. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time. All right. Todd, can we take a break? You're going to stick around. I'm the guest. I know. You're, you're the you're, guest co-host. And you're leading. The, you're driving the bus. Let's do that. All right. 901-260-5926. We see your comments. You want to have the say that you want on the morning show. We do that as well. You can give us a call. 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. All right, got a traffic alert for you guys at 7.52 this morning. Welcome back to the morning show. Crash on northbound lanes of I-240 just past Walnut Grove, which you guys know is a very, very busy part of the city at this time. Um, On the left shoulder, got a crash there again. This is on northbound lanes of I-240 just past Walnut Grove. Backing up traffic. We'll be following that all morning long. Also, was watching one at Houston Levy eastbound lanes at Highway e, um, 385. Excuse me, had an injury crash on the ramp there again. This at Houston Levy Highway 385. That would be the eastbound lanes, slowing traffic for a lot of morning commuters. By the way, President's Day yesterday, so a lot of the kids had off. Most kids had off, so I expect traffic to be a little bit crazier today because you know, it's that time of the morning where. Kids are getting on the bus and parents are getting back to work. So we'll be following that commander Chuck coming up in just a couple minutes with an update on traffic. Okay, Todd, um, we're going to jump into a couple different topics, but Nashville making headlines over the weekend from what appeared to be, what are they calling them? Nazi marchers through the streets. Do we ever get any identification of said protesters that has the entire state in disarray? No, and and these guys do this. They just show up unannounced at all these different locations. And these guys are pro-Biden because they support the Nazis in Ukraine. You see, this is a big thing that people don't like to talk about. But one of the bigger issues and overarching issues in Ukraine is the rise of this uh, this white supremacy, 
these uh, yeah. Nazi groups, and Putin is uh, has been raising the alarm of this. Whether you like Putin or not, that's not the issue. But the issue is, I think we can all agree we uh, we Nazis are bad. I hope we can agree with that. Yeah, uh, but I mean, but there was they weren't they weren't waving Trump flags because they're not pro Trump. They're pro Joe Biden and the Ukraine policies. So let me play some audio. This is Justin Jones, the race baiting lawmaker in Nashville. He's one of the members of the so-called Tennessee Three. Here's what he had to say. Cut five. They are literally having a Nazi march. Literally having a Nazi march here in downtown Nashville. White supremacists talking about um, white supremacists, neo-Nazism, um, talking about deporting folks and just racial hatred. This is this is what we're seeing here in Nashville. So leave it to Justin Jones and then our radical race baiting activist Justin Pearson to blame this all on the GOP. Is right? he the one with the big power fro? I get those two mixed up all the yeah, time. Yeah, one has a pony, one has a fro. Pearson okay. with the fro writing this. This is the hate that Tennessee House GOP fosters from their positions of power in the General Assembly. I'm disgusted that Nazis are comfortable doing this, but I'm not surprised. Tragically, their views are shared by many who I serve alongside on the other side of the aisle. What an appalling thing to say. May I just say this, and and I, I love Senator Brent Taylor because he is just unafraid, and you really have to be. What you have to start doing is confronting these little, um, can we say piss ants on the radio? Are we allowed to say piss ant on the radio? Dylan just shook his head no. Okay, it's my apologies. Well, my, my apologies. <laughs> oopsie. Uh, look, um, here's the deal. you got to confront these people because mm-hmm. people, when Pearson and Jones are talking about, oh, they're racist. They're racist. Look at the Republican race. Really? You know these people are, are Republicans? Where's your evidence? Where's your proof? You're telling us right now that members of the Tennessee uh, State House are marching in those masks? Name, name, sir. Other Otherwise, you're going to have a freaking lawsuit on your hands. But beyond that, it's time for these guys to man up. And what I would love to see, and this is what Senator Taylor does, he will get in their face. And I'm telling you, that's what you got to do. And I promise you this, when you do, that big power afro is going to, like, wither away. (laughs) It'll, like, just, like, fall out. Evaporate. Looks like a wig. Okay. (laughs) So the problem is, Todd, is most of our Republicans don't act like Republicans. And they pander to these activists. They're not Brent Taylor. They are soft, like Bill Lee. And they took the bait, right? Because the accusation was that the GOP in the state of Tennessee basically are running around with Nazi flags. Here's what Bill Lee said in a statement. Nazism and anti-Semitism should never be tolerated in any form. As Jewish people around the world continue to face persecution, Tennessee remains unwavering in our support for the nation of Israel and her people. Speaker Sexton saying the same thing. Okay, so here's my question. Uh, who gave them a permit? First of all, did they have a permit? If they didn't have a permit, why were they allowed to march on state property? That is a legitimate question. Um, if they were given a permit, who in the world gave a permit to Nazis? That person needs to go. And my follow-up to that is, how does this get a comment from the governor's office, but when the actual Nazis, the pro-Hamas Nazis, took over our bridge? He was AWOL. We're like freaking Beirut and Baghdad here in Memphis. Where's the man? By the way, you know what the governor, you know when you use a sponge and you forget that you, you don't squeeze it out yeah. and a couple of days later you go back and get it? That's Governor Bill Lee. <laughs> Very unpleasant. Wow. And they always smell bad too. All right, Todd. Todd's sticking oh, around. Geez. On the other side of the break, Representative Ron Gant, one of the two lawmakers in Tennessee proposing legislation. That he says will crack down on 
Drunk let me get my driving. let me get my root beer on ice. <laughs> Cold beer could be banned in the state of Tennessee. The lawmaker behind that bill joins us on the other side. Don't go away. Welcome back to the morning show. Very excited to be back in the chair. Big shout out to Fred Tappen, the weekend host who filled in for me yesterday. I really appreciated that. Todd, who mm-hmm. is in studio, thank you for basically going to a pharmacy near you to buy me the best cough drops in all of America. Um, so appreciate because those cough drops are fueling this morning show. And of course, all of our great listeners that are helping this morning show be the number one in the city of Memphis. Very thankful for that. Um, before we get to our next guest, I did want to give you a quick traffic update. Biggest one this morning that we're following. You heard Commander Chucky just give you an update. It's on northbound lanes of I-240, just past Walnut Grove on the left shoulder. They are trying to get an emergency vehicle to get that vehicle off to the side of the road so they can get those cars moving at 8.05 this morning. We'll keep you updated on all of the traffic messes across the city. But right now, I want to go to our phone lines. We're talking to Representative Ron Gant, a Republican lawmaker here in the state of Tennessee, Piperton. Welcome to the show. It's great having you on. How are you? Hey, Ben. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy uh, Tuesday and uh, m- Monday for the a lot of people. But uh, we are uh, excited to be on your program. I hear a lot of good things about you and the uh, topics that uh, you and Todd are were talking about earlier. So great to be on the show with you. Uh, Mr. Gant, just for the record, um, and and again, because Justin Pearson and uh, Justin Jones smeared pretty much the entire Republican delegation, you were not marching in the streets of uh, Nashville over the weekend. No, I was uh, I was actually back there in uh, in the district uh, talking to people and uh, just having a good weekend back away from Nashville. All right. Good for you. Good for you. All right. So we had a lot of listeners um, respond to some legislation that you had brought forward. It was House Bill 2845. It would have prohibited licensed stores from selling beer that was specifically cold or refrigerated. Refrigerated, excuse me. I want you to give us the why behind why you proposed this legislation to begin with and where it stands on February 20th? Well, uh, Ben, that's a great question, and I'm glad you're asking that question because this is obviously uh, taking a few of the headlines, and uh, And I was on uh, Ditch and Tim's show Friday, and we were able to talk about it as well. So, But, yeah, the, the bottom line is anytime you file legislation up here, when you file it, you either have the language that's, already prepared to be filed to be introduced into a committee. And we have filing deadlines up here, uh, which this year it was January 31st. And, you know, if you don't have your language in the right legal uh, position yet to be filed and presented in committee, you go ahead and you file a caption. So, but when you file that caption, you have to open up all the chapters that potentially your legislation would affect. And and so the caption, as it was filed, you know, one of the many things that stakeholders across the state put forth as, as far as ideas, it was one of, um, you know, regulating the uh, access to alcohol late at night at convenience stores by buying these uh, single beverage malts that... Um, 
you know, are high content alcohol and they're high volume, um, you know, uh, containers of alcohol that, you know, people can easily walk into a convenience store uh, late at night and uh, potentially drink and drive. And we know that a lot of those bad actors from, from this idea that what they were trying to get at was trying to prevent, you know, that person from getting in their car and drinking those, you know, high content, uh, large containers of alcohol. But at the same time, you know, as we consider this legislation, and, and if my name is going to be on the legislation to try to bring awareness to an issue that is obviously plaguing not just Tennessee, but across our country with alcohol, is that we have to have the same approach to this issue as we do other issues, and that is to protect our individual liberties and rights as law-abiding citizens. And I told him, I said, we're not going to take away from the good actors just to affect a few of the abhorrent bad actors that are out there, um, you know, unfortunately killing Tennesseans. So this has obviously brought a great awareness to a huge issue that we deal with here in the state of Tennessee and across our country. And so as a person that has been affected by a drunk driver, it has put a different light on how we treat alcohol here in this state. And so all I'm trying to do is bring awareness to an issue and pass some meaningful legislation that will hopefully be preventive measures that uh, actually do save lives. Representative Gant, and and we are just, you know, we thank, thank the good Lord that you're doing well and you're recovering, and it was a horrible thing that, that happened to you. Uh, and and I think we get the we get the intent, but the reality is, as Republicans, I would like to think that we are all small government, so we we don't want more government intrusion in our lives. And we already you know, don't we already have laws on the books that would address things like you know drunk driving. Why do we need more legislation? Why do we need more laws on the books? Well, Todd, unfortunately, uh, here in the state of Tennessee, we have. Uh, saturated our state with uh, allowing the alcohol industry to be approved of being able to do anything and everything that they want to do. So everywhere you go in our state, you know, we have allowed alcohol to be part of that uh, venue. Uh, I mean, you look at, you know, all of our, I mean, stadiums, all of our convenience stores, bars, restaurants. I mean, we have saturated this state with so much opportunity for alcohol and the bad actors to take uh, advantage of that. And my goal is what are we doing to protect? If we're going to do that, what are we doing? What what protective measures are we putting in place to protect that mom that's going to uh, shopping at the mall and coming home or that child that's going back and forth from college uh, you know so, so your argument is so your argument uh, is that there are not enough laws on the books right now dealing with alcohol and the consumption of alcohol in in, in the volunteer state well you're, you're yes and no uh, the laws that we're trying to pass that stiffen the penalties obviously cost taxpayer money and when we try to pass a law up here to incarcerate somebody and keep them in jail longer or prison longer, it costs money. And every time we propose one of those pieces of legislation, it's just like I I have a piece of legislation that deals with drunk drivers now that is sitting behind the budget in finance. 
and it did not pass out last year, and I'm hoping that we'll get it out this year. Uh, but it makes that first-time offender of a DUI stay behind bars for an entire week and think about, you know, what he did. And right now, it's just you stay in stay in jail for 24 hours, and they let you out. Uh, mm. So any of these stiff penalties that people talk about, I'm all for. But we've got to get it passed and make it become law. My, uh, my question of- would be, and I, I don't mean to press this, but I'm a, I am a Republican. I do not drink. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Southern Baptist. I'm a teetotaler-ish. And uh, I, when I talk about Baptist martinis, I'm talking about a Diet Coke with a wedge of lemon. But the other part of that, uh, Representative Gantt, is that we're one of the fattest states in the nation, one of the fattest. And so we have a lot of people around. You mentioned a lot of people drinking. we got a lot of people eating in this state, too. Would you ever see a time when you would want to crack down on the consumption of, say, you know, in West Tennessee, pulled pork and barbecue? Because that's that's very unhealthy as well. Well, Todd, you, you make a great point, and somebody could argue that point. But when somebody goes to a bar and they sit behind that bar and they drink four, five, and six drinks. But they're not they going to a bar. Them. They're going into a convenience store. That's the thing. It, this is about a refrigerated beverage. Well... No, this is about the Tennessee Prevention of Drunk Driving Act that is still being drafted, and it's got a host of things that are included in it that cold, cold beer is not included in it. You know, regulating the sale of alcohol at a convenience store is not in this piece of legislation. I'm not proposing that. So, real that quick, was strictly part of a caption. W- uh, the reporting is is that the bill has been pulled. Is that true, or has it just been changed? Well, it, it's never been filed for introduction into a committee. The language has never been filed. It, right now, it's just filed under a caption. Okay. And when we when we file the legislation to be introduced, it will include, uh, and if we've got time, I'll go through some of the things that will actually be included in it, uh, like it, in the event there's an accident where it involves a fatal driver and alcohol is related uh, in that, and there's a and that accident is a fatal accident, it will require the law enforcement to report the statistics and the data and everything surrounding that accident to the Alcohol Beverage Commission. And in return, they will investigate to see where that uh, alcohol was potentially obtained from, if that person was overserved or whatever. You know, they will investigate that. It also will... The biggest part of this is it will request the Tennessee Impaired Driving Council, which is part of the Department of Safety, to provide a comprehensive report around impaired drunk driving. And it will pull data together and information that they have studied around drunk driving here in the Tennessee and come back with a report and make recommendations to us in the General Assembly on things that we can do to be proactive in preventing uh, Tennesseans from being killed by drunk drivers. All right. Well, look, first of all, thank you for coming on. And I clearly, you and I disagree on this. Uh, you're, a, you're a good man. I understand where your heart is on this. And we just have a fundamental disagreement. And, and But I we appreciate you coming on the program and giving you the opportunity to, to explain it and so folks can make up their, their own minds. Yeah. And you know, unlike a lot of other radio stations here in this market, uh, we we ask the tough questions, and we appreciate you coming on and being willing to answer those questions. Yeah, thank you. 
Absolutely. I appreciate y'all having me on. All right. Going to leave it there. Wow. Well, that's interesting. A lot of people are weighing in online. And what we'll do, we'll open up our phone lines. 901-260-5926 is our number. Again, that is 901-260-KWAM. And hear from the people of Memphis. Should we have more laws on the books uh, outlawing drinking? Yeah, or drinking in general. I guess alcohol consumption. Mm. I, you know, I, we we do. I, have a lot to I, say. I I appreciate him coming on the program. I really do, yeah. and he's a good man. Yeah, it's I just he, this is it's the wrong headed approach. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not putting them in a good place nationally. And this is a problem with a lot of Tennessee House Republicans. They keep on bringing some of these bills forward, and then they get slandered across not just local media but across the nation and that's what's happening here so when you marry your 14 you know when the 14 year old gets married here in tennessee they can't have cold beer at the reception i think is that pretty much what we're that's terrible todd i know what you're talking about all right we'll take a break more with todd on the other side don't go away Traffic now on the mighty 990 kwam brought to you by special things antiques and estate jewelry All right, so Todd, I believe you are scooting out after the morning show, and you are out for an entire weekend. That's not true, is it? Yeah. Whoa. So heading to Nashville for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and uh, we're doing a lot of interviews in advance of the new book coming out, and my my brand new book coming out uh, March nineteenth. It'll be in bookstores, and I, I just had one of the most incredible fun conversations yesterday with the manager, the general manager at the Barnes and Noble over at Wolf Chase. What a great lady. And she told me, and we're not going to mention the other you know, thing. Yeah. Uh, she told me, she goes, we love conservative authors. And she said, we're also huge fans of, of, of us because we sell a lot of books for them. So, nice. uh, so anyway, we're, we're, we're working on a book signing, but we're also going to have a big launch party. And we're going to give KWAM listeners an opportunity to win some tickets to, to attend our big, our big party. And I will tell you this, nobody throws a party like KWAM no, in this city. I'm no. just telling you. Nope, that's true. I was reading some of it on Friday. It is It reads like you. Like, I encourage everybody, which you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Todd, when does it come out officially? March? March 19th. 19th. Mm -hmm. Um, It is fantastic, genuinely. And I was howling laughing reading it at the station the other day because if you like the Todd Starn Show and it makes us all laugh, you are going to want to get a copy. That was my endorsement, by the way, because you didn't ask and it didn't go up on the back of the book. Oopsie. It's okay. Next time. President Um, Trump endorsed it. I know. All right. Can I ask you real quick about this? Wow. The Memphis City Council is going to vote today, (laughs) finally, on the most controversial vote they're saying in recent memory, which is should ex, I guess, past, present, and future city council members get lifetime health insurance? Here are some of the Memphians in town when asked if they are willing to Put the bill for this insurance. Here's what they had to tell Channel 5. Take a listen and cut six. Paying more taxes for, especially for people who are not even in office, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's, it's really selfish if you ask me. I want them to have insurance, but I'm not sure that I ought to fit the, uh, foot the whole bill. That coverage would last until age 65 with the council member paying 30% of the premium. We pay the rest. <laughs> mm. 
I'm curious to know from our listeners who thinks that is a good idea and who thinks that is a good use of our tax money, uh, because that's a lot of money. And again, what about the average? What about the average um, employee, a city employee? Are they getting the same benefits? They they're on the job for four years and then they leave. Do they get lifetime benefits from from the city? Um, and should they get lifetime benefits? So I'd be interested to hear from our listeners about whether or not they you know they believe that city council leaders uh, should be getting these benefits. So I think if if anything, it should end up on the ballot. And I think the citizens of Memphis would let the city council members know how we feel about it. Mm. Just put it on the ballot and it will fail. And Martavius Jones will not get his benefit package, which he wants. And this is all him. Um, Let's talk about decarcerate Memphis. Defecate Memphis, yes. Defecate. Sorry, Todd. Defecate Memphis. So they hate our guts. Because we call them out. They do. And we call them deca- uh, defecate. I mean, can you blame them? Anyhow. Smell. The, they are a lousy group of activists. Did you catch any of the presser yesterday? Did you see it at all? It's okay if you didn't. I did. What was up with the dude? That that whole, like, skinny jeans, like, legs rolled up, that's so, like, you know, that's not like, you, current modern fashion. No. Have you noticed that this group in particular, they are always screaming about race rights and civil rights and racial inequalities when they are all a group of white activists from Cooper Young. They're all (laughs) female. So take a listen to these voices. These are not black voices advocating for the end of police brutality. No, this is a group of Cooper Young purple-haired activists down in front of the city council. Here's what they had to say in cut number eight. Is it really worth killing people in a traffic stop over a brake light? Not only this, but as we've indicated in the BIPOC report, traffic stops are ineffective at reducing or preventing crime. If we're not allowed to limit police practices that are ineffective, does this this mean that police should employ extreme tactics for every minor offense? White people are about half as likely as people of color to be cited for a non-moving violation and make up less than 9% of defendants in criminal court cases stemming from pretextual traffic stops. All right, brother man. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, like, come on. If you're going to talk about racial inequalities, at least get one of your people that you found in your report to come forward and add some meat to the bones of this because I'm not getting this. I want to know. I want to know who conducted the report, and that's an important thing. Is we need to know who these people were, uh, what sort of background they have, where they are coming from politically, and and honestly, uh, Dieter, the the other part of this, I handed you the report. Look at it. It looks like someone created it off Canva. We're a freaking majority black city. What do you What do you think is going to happen when people get pulled over? By the way, over the weekend, the three hundred cars that were blocking airways in Winchester. I didn't see any people of the Caucasian persuasion in that crowd. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, so you don't know what you're talking about. The narrative tide and yes. where they would push back <laughs> is that those people that were blocking traffic, the 300 drivers, they are terrified of law enforcement. Kill Whitey. They are terrified, Todd, of law enforcement because Jeez. law enforcement is killing them. It's, Did those people that were blocking traffic all weekend long doing the donuts and the spin outs with the guns hanging out of the top of the vehicle, do they seem scared of law enforcement? That's all I want to yeah, know. I don't know. think they seem scared. I mean, it, seeing how they're doing the donuts in front of the cops. 
I don't think they're scared. I'm no, just saying. No. You know who I'm scared of? The Germantown Police Department. Mm-hmm. That's why I do 35 going through. I don't want. I don't want to give them any reason to pull me over. Oh no! I'm crossing. I'm the hitting German- those brakes. Not only am I hitting those brakes, I am praying as soon as I cross into those city limits. And I told this to our listeners in the first hour. If these activists were to go pull the numbers, the data over in Germantown, guess what they would find? They would find that the report would read like this. White drivers in Germantown, 2.5 more times likely to receive a traffic ticket than black drivers. How dare you? How dare you, <laughs> Bent Eater, come to this program armed with facts? How dare you? Thank you. Want some more facts? Black Memphians make up 64% of the demographic here, as opposed to 26 being whites in this city. This is what happens when you have a majority-minority city. Defecate Memphis. Defecate Memphis. I'm, de- You know. <laughs> <laughs> These people are insane. It's brutal. And you know what? I said this. I don't like to give them any airtime, but the thing is, is they're more powerful than just a group of activists because they got the whole mm. city council to vote in lockstep with oh, them. Oh, hey, we've got an alert from Tammy Sawyer. <laughs> uh, Tammy Sawyer says crime has dropped in Memphis. Oh, uh, do you think, Todd, crime has dropped in Memphis? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> we'll throw it out to the listeners. According to Tammy Sawyer, a race-baiting activist that's in studio, apparently. Uh, Todd, uh, is crime going down? That's the question. She says it is, and people like Brett Taylor are making up boogeyman arguments to, again, thwart their white supremacist legislation on... Did you say boogie? Boogeyman. Boogie. Yes. Boogie. It's the GOP there. Boogeyman. Yes. She's out of her mind. Mm. To suggest that crime is going down. But what say you? Is it going down? Has crime fallen in the last couple of months? We'd love to hear from you. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. Todd is going to stick around. We'll have more on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to the morning show. Very excited to be back after a day off and appreciate Todd filling and basically helping me get through the morning show today. Some days you're on top of the world, other days you're not. Oh, can I give a shout out sure. to Cadillac of Memphis? Uh, they, they had to get the car service before the big trip to Nashville. And they're like, dude, your brake pads are like completely worn. What is the what is the deal? And I said, I live in Germantown. And they said, Oh, we get it. We, <laughs> no worries. All right, we got you. That that place, that dealership, that is a palace. They do a great job. They get you in, get you all fixed up, and um, you're good you to go. go. Good to go. All right. Well, be safe yeah. going to Nashville. What show back on Monday? Show back on Monday. All right. Good stuff. All right, I've got to ask you about two different stories that caught my attention. So we are righting the wrong of slavery in this country by coming up with a new special on Apple TV that corrects a, I guess, a quote-unquote racist Thanksgiving special from the iconic 1973 Charlie Brown movie. Now, Todd, they say that there was a scene in this 1960s movie or 1973 Thanksgiving special that displayed a scene where the one kid of color named Franklin 
sat alone on the opposite side of the dining room table across from the other characters, including Snoopy, who, as they point out, are all white. Many viewers suggesting the fact that this black little boy, Franklin, sitting by himself was discrimination. So what Apple TV is doing is they are going to focus on a new black character and also spotlight Franklin to make amends for this infamous, as they're calling, segregation scene from the 1970s. So, so look, there's a lot to unravel here. This was a really a beloved cartoon that shattered all sorts of norms in not just Hollywood, but in the cartoon industry. Uh, first of all, Charles Schultz, who was a person of, uh, of faith, um, was, was insistent that the cartoons, that, that the Charlie Brown Christmas, which was the first, first big film, uh, actually uh, was voiced by, child, by children, not by adults or actors, but by actual children from the neighborhood. So the, the, when the, vo- the voices you hear are actually just little kids. Uh, the other part of it is that, um, and they said this, the cartoon would not work. This was the time that you had the Jetsons and the Flintstones and a Roadrunner. Things were getting blown up. You know, you had Bugs Bunny and all that kind of stuff. Um, this was a very mild cartoon. Nobody got blown up. There wasn't some sort of a, a jet, you know, there wasn't some sort of a rockin' soundtrack. It was jazz, Vince Guaraldi. And so it really broke all of the norms. And the only reason that Charles Schultz, and at the time, there were no black characters in, in comics. Hmm. And Charles Schultz got a letter from a lady asking if he would consider putting a, a black character in the in the cartoon. Oh, that's and he said no. Because he, he said he would he would be afraid that it would come across as pandering, and he would not want to do that. And so she said, well, and they started a correspondence. Long story short, he agreed to put Franklin in the cartoon, but he did it without any fanfare, very subtly, as if it was just a part of a natural kind of an integration. He got so much blowback wow. and threats over that. But that's how it all started. So this has nothing to do with racism. They're accusing Charles Schultz of being a racist, and this has nothing to do with race. He told the Daily Mail years ago, um, or Craig, the son of the original creator, Charles, who died years ago, um, told the Daily Beast that he did not realize the backlash that came with this scene, um, and they had no intent of being racist. So it sounds like the son feels like he's up a creek without a paddle, when in all reality, as you just pointed out with the context, the history, it's not about race and segregation back in the 70s so so when charles schultz added the black character franklin to the to the show um and to the cartoon strip his syndicate united features said are you sure you want to do this are you sure you want to add a black character to the mix and charles schultz said you're either going to run it the way i drew it or i quit wow boom so for for them so now you have again this is all critical race theory uh 24 years after the poor man died and he's being smeared as a racist when in fact he did more with that cartoon to advance race relations in this country than any any other cartoonist out there that's really sad because again you'll start seeing these headlines and that's why we wanted to pull a story and todd adding the context there Finally making amends for the infamous segregation scene. I've seen it. I had no idea that that was a segregation scene. Uh, It's not, clearly, but clearly these activists, these race baiters in Hollywood want to suggest that it is. In other news, I thought this was rather bizarre, and the state of the LGBTQ mafia. This is unbelievable, and truly child abuse 
if you want to ask me my opinion. So breast milk produced by men. <laughs> is that like even possible? Like just reading that out of my mouth makes me also want to throw up, Todd. So according to British health officials, breast milk produced by men who transition to women is as good for babies as the milk of biological females. Um, this coming from what? a leaked letter. Yes, it's sparking God. outrage in the medical community. The hospital there, Sussex Hospital in Britain, claiming it's the first hospital you use gender-inclusive terms such as chest feeding. Uh. Explain that transgender women, which is a dude to a girl, can develop lactation partly by taking a hormone, and they list the different types of hormone, which helps develop a male's ability to create milk, which is not the same thing as biologically produced milk by women. Could you imagine being a baby and uh, you know you're you're going up for you're going up to the trough, yeah, and you're like, whoa, 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 Nelly, yeah, give me a cold beer. Where's Ron Gann? You're gonna have a bunch of six month olds that are gonna be. I'm just saying. These these poor babies are going to be pumped with chemicals. This is abuse, Todd. Well, Could you I imagine? <laughs> little, no. Poor little Dylan. Dylan's getting married, and soon they're going to have little Dylans. And little <laughs> Dylan? Little He's Dylan. invoked you. A it's little terrible. Dylan. Could you imagine? Little Dylan would be like, what the hell? What's going on here? I thought my workout was just uh, showing improvement, but I guess it's wow. just the lactation. Mm. Oh. You know, there are going to be a lot of lactose intolerant babies. I, that's what I'm predicting. You know, and this is like, like if you look up can men produce, it, the first thing co- that comes up is, is milk. And the fact that here we are in 2024 suggesting that these dudes can lactate and that they're hormone produced milk is just as healthy as a woman's milk um is going to kill a lot of kids and make them have three eyes this may <laughs> i'm telling you it's not good this 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 may be out of line for a morning show but i'm just curious <laughs> what tastes worse would it be man boob milk or like almond milk <laughs> Um, the, the former would taste worse because I only drink almond milk, Todd. I'm just going to tell you, I had to, when I was getting your provisions, I didn't even know that part of the supermarket existed. It's like green juice and sludge and, uh, you know, in a bottle. And I had no idea. It's crazy, isn't it? That we have gone so far from the original utter that now when you go to a Starbucks, (laughs) like I did yesterday. Did you say utter? Yes. That there are 17 different types of milk. There's a soy milk. There is a coconut milk, almond milk. You name the different nut, there will be a man milk. <laughs> and now I guess according uh, to British health officials, there Lord. is man milk. So this it's, is abusive to these poor kids and unforgivable. This is why we had to go in and, and, and save their fat from the fire when the Germans invaded. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the question is, can a person who was born a male really breastfeed a baby? That's what the producers are telling me to ask the listeners. Wow. Okay. Um, finally, I wanted to... <laughs> I think the answer is no, but... 
on an unrelated note, but because Lord. I was in the airport recently, Memphis International Airport saw a record 4.8 million um, original and destination passengers in 2024 or 2023. Why that is important is it shows that they grew 10% in 2023. I know it is because of the improvements on that new concourse. It is state-of-the-art, beautiful job, well done. So I wanted to give our airport a huge shout-out. They're fantastic. And we have a lot of KWAM listeners over there, and I don't want to call them out, but Clearly. you know, I, we're giving them a shout-out this morning, and uh, it's fun. I, I'm over there quite a bit, and so it's kind of nice to run into the same people you know, through the TSA. You know, it's, it's just a, a fun bunch over there, and they got a great airport. I, I think that is something we should all be very proud of and uh, looking forward to it getting bigger and growing and uh, Delta Sky Club, we, we've got a great little Delta Sky Club over there. The Spirit Airline Sky Club is also luxury. I, I love it, me and Todd. The toilet. To <laughs> the port john uh, We love Spirit. By the oh, way, God. Spirit Airlines announcing just a week ago that they are doing nonstop flights for our spring breakers out there to Tampa. So, do you want a spring break to Tampa? Can I tell you one of my great favorite stories? Uh, Grandmother Starnes was one of the original residents of Kirby Pines. Uh, lived there for like forty years or something, thirty, wow. whatever, whatever. Back in the nineteen eighties. So anyway, um, I got a call from her one day, and she, I said, "I'm hey, I'm coming. I was thinking about coming." She says, "Don't come. I'm going on vacation. Uh, we're taking a road trip with the girls." And uh, wow. so, my, Grandmother Starnes and Mrs. Uh, Ruth Turnipseed and all that crowd got into the Buick. And they went to they they said we're going to senior week. And I'm like, what? And so they went down to Daytona Beach and they didn't realize they thought it was for senior adults. And they get down there and <laughs> no. it's like that's the, the golden girls with all these um you know spring drunk breakers. college kids. Yes, yeah, spring breakers. Oh no. They had a blast. They cruised the strip looking for Matlock. <laughs> did did you ever have to cover that? Do what, like, my, Fox News, that was like oh their God, big special. No. And they would send their reporters down on Panama the beaches City. of Panama City. And there would be like a Fox News reporter standing in the middle of these women basically taking off their tops, guys throwing up everywhere and reporting on the depravity of spring break across the country. That never was your beat? Thank the Lord, no. <laughs> I had to cover Hillary Clinton rallies. That was already bad enough. Equally as bad. All right. On the other side, we see your comments. We're going to roll through some of those and have a couple more stories and wrap up the show. More on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to Wake Up Memphis, the number one morning talk show in the city. Also ranking number nine across the nation and couldn't do that without all of our great listeners and also direction by Todd Starnes, who joins us for one more segment before we scoot. Todd, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on our Black History Month vignettes, and this is really neat. This is a first for us where we highlight strong Republican blacks across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Uh, some people are offended by them because surely Republicans cannot celebrate such a month. Well, you know, you, you the mayor, Mayor Young, has who only won with, what, 20-some-odd thousand votes, um, and he's our mayor. Uh, he was out there preaching about the, the soul and the swagger of Memphis. And the reality is that soul and swagger was here in, you know all along. And when you go back to the early 20th century, and our team here just did a terrific job doing this deep dive into black conservatives who were leaders 
here in Memphis. The first black millionaire in America was a man uh, from Memphis, and uh, he used his wealth to actually save the city of Memphis. The city was about to go bankrupt. So we tell we tell those kinds of stories. Uh, the the farm the four brothers who owned one of the largest pharmacies in the South, um, and also had a a Negro League baseball team. Memphis, one of the only Negro League teams to own their actual stadium. So we, we go back and we tell these great stories. A lot of people don't realize that the Republican Party, well into the, the 20th century, but the 1950s, were actually controlled by black Memphians. So it's a great story, and it's a, and, and we love and we appreciate our great friend Melanie Mosley at Mel, yes. uh, Mosley Tax Service. She's fantastic. Amazing. And by the way, if you're looking for somebody to do your taxes, she's awesome. She's also a fellow conservative, and uh, she is very good at what she does. Uh, she's sponsoring our, our Black History Month segment. So we're really excited about telling those kinds of stories, telling our history. That's what it's about. Yep. I would love to see... With this, what we're doing, um, it cross into Black Memphis. We've talked about this a lot. There are people in this city that want something different than the same old 60 years of Democrat rule. How do we get to those people? How do we bring them to a party that wants to free them from the chains of many divisive policies of Democrats in the city? Does it start with people like Melanie Mosley starting the Whitehaven Republican Club? How do we get in there, get our foothold, and and start winning and saving this city? It's going to take very successful people who are committed, and Melanie's one of them, uh, Mr. Sanders from Sanders Catering, another incredible uh, company out there in the Whitehaven area, and amazing food, Um, a fellow conservative, fellow Republican. Uh, It's going to take, and it's not a short fix, right? We've got to play the long game here. And a lot of it is just educating people. If you go, if you go to say, um, you know, um, Whitehaven High School right now, and you ask the average student, um, who was it that tried to stop blacks from getting the right to vote? They'll say Republicans, yeah. but it wasn't. It was the Democrats. So yeah. we've got to do, and, and that's why we're doing this at KWAM is we want to share that history that yeah. needs to be taught. That's not. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, real quick, can I ask you before I read some of these comments about the Trump shoes? Would you wear the Trump shoes, the yes. golden sneakers? Yes, I would. And Todd knows he he's worn a sneaker or two. He has some on shoes that are pretty nice. By the I way, I love those things. I know they solved all my ankle. You know, I have ankle problems until I got the on shoes, and no more ankle problems. Really? Because yeah. they gave me my ankle problems. Really? Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. The point are these gold we, shoes. Or it could be that you're running eighty miles a day. Also true. So they're everywhere. I mean, I kind of had a weekend, uh, a break from news, and I got on Sunday, and it was all over my timeline. President Trump unveiling these shoes, and people were spending thousands of dollars on them. The guy still got it. Whatever that it is, there is no other person, Republican or Democrat, in the state of politics that could do something like this. And this is the brilliant part of it. Nobody on the left gets this. They're mocking him. Oh, look at Trump. He's having to he's having to hawk tennis shoes now. Yeah, five thousand bucks a pop. I think that's a pretty good deal. And you know what? The <laughs> average kid out there in America, black and white, and you see it in the crowds now, right? Mm-hmm. You see that the crowds are a bit more black uh, and Hispanic folks are coming on board the Trump train because. 
They want what Trump has. Yeah. They want th- they want to be entrepreneurs. They want the Trump swagger. Yeah. Trump is very successful. That's that's the soul and swagger that's going to change Memphis, by the way. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Not pandering. Yeah. Um, all right. People like, hey, hey, hey. So let's just address real quick before we scoop, because I would say probably 45% of our interactions on social media relate to that interview we had at the top of the hour with Representative Ron Gant. A lot of people disagreeing. Um, Kelsey says, this guy is really serious. This is what he thinks needs our attention first and foremost. Drunk drivers are inherently stupid and selfish. They're going to drive drunk regardless if it's cold beer or not. There's a cool invention called ice. Bob Hendry pointing out, because Ron Gant had mentioned that our state is basically flowing in alcohol. And Bob says this, like Bonnaroo? Where the Secretary of State got pulled over for a DUI in his state-owned vehicle. Well, I forgot about that. That's kind of awkward. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Um, A lot of people are just saying, um, Chris Hackett, our friends over in Tipton County with the Republican Party there, he says, bringing awareness to a good problem sounds good, that problem being drinking and driving. He goes on to say the reason why they backed off this bill is it was causing political suicide. So wanted to read through a couple of those. You guys have been very vocal, but we are coming up at the end of the show. Um, yeah, I think that this this will be dead on arrival, Todd. This legislation saw too much on both sides of the aisle pushing back and giving this cold beer ban the cold shoulder. So we over. should not be passing any new laws. We've got plenty already on the books. Yeah. All right. Couldn't agree with you more. All right. This has been a fun show. Todd, thank you for dropping by. Had a blast. I'm going to scoot out of here. Go drink some more Dayquil. I'm fine. My mom told me I sounded fantastic. My mom would always tell me that, even if I sounded terrible on air. Yeah, you don't so sound good. Yeah. I, I need the honesty of real <laughs> listeners and not someone who gave birth to me. So uh, we're doing uh, Dayquil shots after the show. Is that it? That's right. All right. Those haven't been bad yet, have they? It hasn't been refrigerated, has it? <laughs> Jeez. By the That's way, terrible. Ty got me all of these green juices. And I mean, when I tell you the ingredients and that blew my mind that Todd Starnes would even know to get these green juices, the guy knows me at this point. So I'm like, Dieter is sick, and I know he drinks that green sludge from over at Raw Girls. And so I'm like, what looks like green sludge? And um, you found it. It was a crap shoot. You, it really was. You you stacked the refrigerator full of those drinks. I was the only non-healthy person in that aisle. <laughs> Oh, man. But it fueled this morning's show. So without it, I would not be on air. Todd, thank you. Trip, Dylan, appreciate you guys as Thanks, well. Ben. Miss an interview? That is all right. Go to our website, kwamradio.com. Also, want you guys to tell at least 10 people this week about Wake Up Memphis, KWAM, the Mighty 990, because we are growing every single day. We're seeing it in our numbers. Our app downloads, it's as simple as one, two, three. You jump on your app store, your Google Play store. Boom, you have the app. You can listen wherever you go. So go check that out as well. Have a great day. Enjoy what sunshine we will get. We'll talk to you tomorrow starting at 7.